Yes, so those of you with um, church Bibles, it's on page 633. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Well, let me pray for us as we look at that psalm together. Heavenly Father, would you meet with us now by your Holy Spirit? Would you help us to understand these words? In many ways, simple words, but we pray that you would help us to believe them and to do them. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could send a message to everybody, I wonder what it would be. If you suddenly had the power to send out a text and everybody on earth's phone will ping in unison as they receive the instruction. And if you don't have a phone, you're going to get a letter or an email will suddenly magically appear or you'll hear a voice in your head, whatever it is. Everybody gets your message. What would you say? Well, Psalm 148 gives us a message just like that. And that is to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> As Lynn read for us, uh, we might have noticed the word praise coming out quite a little bit. The word praise is in there 13 times. And it couldn't really be clearer, could it? You know, sometimes people complain about these modern worship songs and how repetitive they are. Well, even the old ones are quite repetitive as well. As we read this psalm, and it tells us over and over to praise the Lord, beginning to end. So right at the start in verse 1, praise the Lord. And then right at the end, at the end of verse 14, praise the Lord. So I wonder if you're an observant person, what you think the application will be from this sermon. Praise the Lord. As one word in Hebrew, hallelujah. The yah bit being short for Yahweh, God's personal covenant name. So not just praise any old God you can think of, praise the Lord, praise Yahweh. Now when we say hallelujah, we tend to be saying it or singing it directly to God, don't we? Hallelujah. But it is an instruction. You don't say to God, praise the Lord God. You don't say that, you say that 
to one another, don't you? It's an instruction to other people. It's an instruction to ourselves. Come on, praise the Lord. And Psalm 148 is audacious, really, in a way that it makes that command to everything. It makes that command to every person, every animal, and everything must praise the Lord. It's quite outrageous when you think of it. That tiny little Israel dares to say to the world, you should all be praising our God. And as us Christians pick up the chorus and we sing along and we say the same thing, when Shropshire, England, Europe, planet Earth, all of you, come and praise our God. Come and praise the Lord. And the word all gets repeated a lot. That comes nine times. Because this message is not a message for some. It is a message for all. Everybody, everything. Praise the Lord. That is what we're made for. That is what we have to do. Now, nowadays, we might say everything, praise the Lord, but perhaps a more Jewish way of saying everything might be heaven and earth. Heaven and earth, praise the Lord. A bit like in Genesis 1, when he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, as in everything. And so the first half of this psalm addresses the heavens. The second half of the psalm addresses the earth, and it does it that way as a way of saying everything, praise the Lord. So we'll look at those in turn. First of all, heaven, praise the Lord. Heaven, praise the Lord. The clicker's being silly, but that's okay. So it talks there from the start about praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the heights above. And then verse 2 speaks about those beings who live in the heavens. So all his angels, all his heavenly hosts, all the armies of angels who live before God in heaven, countless thousands, the hosts of them, the armies of them, more powerful, more beautiful than anything we've ever seen. And their whole job is to praise him. So he's saying here, lead us on the song, lead us from the top, (laughs) lead us from the highest heights to praise him. And then we go down a little bit to what used to be known as the heavenly bodies. We get down from the heavens to the people in the heavens to the sun and the moon and the stars. Again, beautiful, powerful, giving light to the world. Think about billions and billions of stars scattered across the night sky. All of those are there to bring glory and honor to God. As we look at them, we absolutely stunned by their by their grandeur he says well don't look staring at them they've got a job to do come on stars praise the lord and then a little lower still verse four calls on the waters above the skies so that's kind of our our atmosphere the great blue sky and saying praise him you heavens praise him you heavens and everything that's up everything above and then we're given the reason in verse five to six. Let them praise the name of the Lord for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever and he issued a decree that will never pass away. So it's saying to praise him for being the creator, 
praise him because he's the one who made them. As Spurgeon put it, the voice that said, let there be, now says, let them praise. So he put them in place and now he says, right, this is the job to do, praise him. Sometimes we can look at the heavens, about everything that's up there and think that it's always been there, that it's, that it's eternal. But no, the Lord made them. Any beauty, any power that they have is derived from him. Their purpose comes from drawing attention back to him. Everything that they are is a gift. So for millennia, when sailors might use the stars to chart their course across the sea to know where they are, or or people using the stars to track the years and track the seasons, how is it that they're so reliable? Well, it's not because they themselves are things to be worshipped. They are so reliable because he has established them, because he's made a decree and set them in place. And so every night the stars come out and they dance the same dance because of his commands. And one day he will issue another decree and they will stop. But until that day, nobody can stop them. Nobody can halt their progress. Instead, we stand and we look at the stars, don't we? And we wonder at them. We're dwarfed by their size, their number. We are humbled by their glory. And yet they're just tiny, tiny glimpses of the greater glory of their creator, of our creator. All that is above, all that is at the tallest, highest place, exists for him and his glory. So heaven, praise him. That's what that first half of the psalm is calling. And then from verse 7, the focus shifts from heaven to earth. So earth, praise the Lord. If heaven was kind of everything up there, earth is everything down here. Praise the Lord from heaven the earth, and not just the surface of the earth, but all ocean depths. So we sang just a minute ago, didn't we, from the highest of heights to the depths of the sea, creations revealing your majesty, because that's what it was made to do. So this psalm says, come on earth, come on everything right down to the bottom of the sea, come and praise the Lord. Now the earth is full of scary things. You might see some of them, and you go about your normal life. Uh, but particularly, this, this bit is thinking about the great sea creatures. That could be translated as sea monsters. If you've got a King James version, it would say dragons. That's quite an exciting idea. So Yes, I mean, there's dragons in Wales, obviously, Colin. But there's uh, dragons at the depths of the sea. That idea of sort of outlandish creatures, enormous things like whales or sharks or the freaky things in the midnight zone with the little lights on their heads and all those kinds of amazing creatures, all of those exist to praise the Lord. They're not random. The scary monsters of the sea, they're not ultimately dangerous, chaotic. They exist for his praise, as does the forces of nature we see around us. So verse 7, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, Stormy winds that do his bidding. These are mighty things, powerful things, scary, destructive at times. And yet they do his bidding. And the instruction to praise 
doesn't just go out to those kinds of things that move, like the wind and things like that. It goes to inanimate objects as well in verse 9. Mountains, hills, trees. Now, how on earth is a mountain supposed to praise God? A mountain doesn't have a mouth to sing, does it? Can't move to do anything. So how can a mountain worship? Well, a mountain praises the Lord by being a mountain. A tree praises the Lord by growing leaves and bearing fruit and stretching up towards the sun. As it does what it was made for, it is praising God. And the same goes for the animals as well. Verse 10 is all-encompassing, wild animals and all cattle. In other words, everything from the tame domestic farm animals to fierce wild beasts, all of them praise the Lord. And we get small creatures and flying birds. That means everything. So small creatures is talking about the tiniest little bugs that scuttle across the earth to the mightiest eagles soaring high. It's saying every creature is given that same call to praise the Lord. To praise him with their mooing and their barring and their snuffling and their roaring. To praise him with their nest building and tunnel digging and web spinning and all their eggs and milk and honey and all the things that they do that he provides for us. When they do those things, they are bringing praise to the God because to, to, the, to their creator, because they are being what he's made them to be. Every single thing must praise its maker. And so when we get to verse 11, we're reaching the pinnacle of creation, and that is us, humanity. Praise the Lord, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth young men and women, old men and children. So every single person from the most famous, most important leader on the throne down to the lowliest child gets the same message. Praise the Lord. Male, female, young, old, everybody. So if we've been paying attention as we've been going through, it should come as no surprise, should it, that if the hills should praise him, how much more should we, we who have voices to do it with, we who have minds to actually understand what we're doing? And just like ants and clouds, we also praise him by being what we are, by being what he's made us to be. That is a really freeing thought, isn't it? That whenever we sin, that is us not truly being ourselves. Because bees were made to buzz, fish were made to swim, we were made to praise God. And so when we do that, we are doing what we were made for. And when we do anything else, we're not. And we flip it around and we say, no, seeing those dark things, those horrible things, that's my real self. No, it's not. That's all pretending. The real thing is to praise God. That is what it is to be truly living out life in the most human way to draw attention to his greatness on purpose with the things that we say and the way that we live. Now, in lots of ways, we have failed to do that, haven't we? And yet he is so merciful. He hasn't just created us. He's also redeemed us. He's rescued us 
through Jesus. He's remade us, is remaking us by his Holy Spirit. He is showing us just how awesome he is. He's revealed that in creation and in his word and by saving us. So we're given our reasons to respond to him in verse 13. Let them, that is us, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the heavens and the earth. So we've got everything, it's the heavens and the earth. He is over it all, better than it all. He has told us his name. He's revealed us, to us his character. And so we can see him for what he is, that he is greater than everything in heaven or on earth. His splendor is above all of that. And the more that we know about him, the more that's been revealed to us in his word, the more there is we see to praise him. And there's more reasons. In verse 14, it says, He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. In the Bible, horns represent strength. So a, a bull raising up its head after it's charged and just won a battle, as it raises up its head in, in victory, that is what the Lord is doing. He's lifting up his horns in victory and raising up that for his people because he has won the victory for his people. Sometimes horns are pictures of kings and kingdoms. So think about Daniel's visions. That talks about these various horns that represent kings and kingdoms. And Psalms sometimes talk about God himself being our horn of salvation, strength and victory and salvation. And so as the psalm ends, we're being called here to praise him because he's raised up a powerful king. He's raised up King Jesus to be our strength, to be our victory. Calling us to praise Jesus, who is the praise of all God's servants. Jesus, who is the greatest treasure of everyone who is close to his heart. And that is a wonderful way to be described as well, isn't it? We've talked about the angels who are right up there in the heavens, whereas we're down here. No, we are close to his heart. That is where we are. And so we praise him, heaven and earth, everyone and everything. And so if you're here this evening or you're watching online and you are not yet a Christian, come and praise the Lord. Admit that you have not been what you were made to be. And I know that for sure because I have not been what I was made to be. That we have lived for the praise of others. We've lived for other people to praise us. We all have. And so we need to turn back to him through faith in this King, Jesus, and begin to live for his praises. And for all of us who do love God, Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Yes, that of course means let's sing. We will be doing that in just a minute or two. But it means more than that as well. Praising him in prayer. Praising him as we talk together of how good he is. Praise him as we interact with our friends and family and neighbours and colleagues who don't yet know him. Mission, evangelism, it is at heart a call to worship to say to the world, our God is amazing. Come and find out for yourself. Praise him with us. Let's praise him like that. 
And let's praise him with lives of godliness, which flow from a deep trust that his ways really are best. A trust that obedience to him is not stifling any more than birds find it stifling when God says, go and fly, go and sing. And they go, oh, for goodness sake, do I have to? They delight to do it. And that's what he's calling us to do, to go and be what we are, to praise him. One day, every mountain will worship, every creature will sing, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is going to be a wonderful day. And we get to have a head start on that, don't we? As we begin, as we praise him now. Let me pray for us that we would do that. Father God, you are our creator, our sustainer, the giver of life, the Lord of all. And we hear your command to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we come to do that now. We pray that we would do that with our voices and with our lives. May we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.